Hi, everyone, and welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I'm the founder and editor of, of Awards Daily, and I'm here with three of our editors, uh, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello, guys. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Hola. So it's been a while since we've contacted all of you. Um, what is it? I don't even know. Oh, it's the end of October. And um, we're we're coming out of festival season. We're heading into our last gasp of the festival season. We have the AFI coming up. I'm already starting to get invites to those. Um, I don't know if there's anything that we haven't seen that's going to be hitting AFI. I think that everything that's going to be playing there has already played. Um, uh-huh. And so we're really just waiting on the films that are going to be released outside of the festival circuit. So we're really waiting for Babylon, Avatar. Um, I think that's it. Wakanda. And, uh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to dance with somebody. Wakanda Forever is already being screened, I hear. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, that's Emancipation. Emancipation, right. There you go. Uh, it'd be fun if uh, Fincher's Killer shows up at the FI out of the blue to surprise, to shock everyone. Yeah, it's definitely not happening. Yeah, I know that. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> that would be it would be a shock on the level of of uh, I don't know what I could compare it to Eastwood and, and Million Dollar Baby. I remember when um, I worked for Kelly Bush, who's a publicist. I worked for her many, many years ago in the '90s, and her assistant was so funny. And our one of our clients was this guy named um, uh, Kevin Kilner. <laughs> I always used to say, oh, is Val Kilner coming? And he would always say, don't tease me like that. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it wasn't Val Kilner. It was Kevin Kilner. <laughs> so that's what <laughs> you in this Fincher thing keeps reminding me of. <laughs> like, is, the, is the killer coming <laughs> this year? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Um, all right. So it's a weird Oscar year, right? We're still not fully out of the COVID haze. I don't think, I mean, I, I feel like it's still really strange. Um, it's not back to where it was before COVID, which was actually a really great year for movies. That was like 2019. Um, it sort of feels like (laughs) movies died that day, (laughs) you know, cause we had, we had, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, we had Parasite, we had 1917, you know, it was and and you know the Irishman. It was such a it was such a strong year for Best Picture, and ever mm-hmm. since then it's been kind of meh. So um, I mean it's it's good it's good it's I don't want to be negative, um, but I, I I've seen a couple of movies this this year already that I really love. Um, so you know we're having a weird year because Mark has sort of been not on the circuit as much, um, so you haven't seen a lot of movies. Uh, Clarence just came out of, which you can update us on in a minute, Clarence, from two different festivals where he saw movies and mingled with people. Um, and we can do sort of a free-form discussion or we can do it more orderly. We do want to cover Best Actress, Best Actor, and Best Picture. You know, Best Picture to me was looking like, um, uh, you know, very strong contender with Elvis. I know that I'm I'm probably kind of in the minority on that one. But I felt like it was a strong contender along with Top Gun Maverick, which in a healthy ecosystem, it would be a strong contender for Best Picture. But I'm not sure it will get in. But anyway, those two movies to me sort of started the year. And then we hit 
uh, the Venice and Telluride, and we got Tar, Todd Field's Tar. We got um, Women Talking. That's out of Telluride and Venice. And, you know, we got Armageddon Time, which you guys should all read Clarence's review. It's very, very good. Just posted. You know, we got a bunch of other movies that are like, maybe they'll get in, maybe they won't, like Bardo. We don't know about that. Um, And then now we're sort of seeing, she said, seems like it's a strong contender. Um, And we're, we have to wait to see what happens with the rest of the movies. But I think the Banshees of Inisherin seems to be, along with the Fablemans, the two main frontrunners for Best Picture. So that's mm-hmm. my festival that report. Good, yeah. So Clarence, now you do your festival report. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I attended the Middleburg Film Festival as Mark was not able to, but then I found out that more people from the same site can go. So Mark, you and I are going to be there together next year. Um, I saw four movies there. I saw um, The Whale, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit when we get to Best Actor. I saw Glass Onion. Wait, I'm I sorry. Saw she said... I'm sorry, I have What's to interrupt. That? I just people who are listening to this right now are thinking, why didn't she mention everything everywhere all at once? So here I am mentioning that. Yes, I know that was one of the strong contenders <laughs> early, and yes, it is in the best picture race. So please continue. Oh yeah, you definitely don't want to get the played angry it. emails. No, <laughs> it, played at, it played at Sundance too. I think right. So no, it played at no? South by Southwest. Oh okay, that's right. where it premiered. Um. And it also played, it's been playing at some festivals, not all of them, but it was at Middleburg because they're doing uh, tributes to actors. It was at Middleburg. They did a tribute to Stephanie Hsu, um, who is in contention for Best Supporting Actress. Um, and then I saw White Noise, Noah Baumbach's film. Um, and oddly enough, that was my favorite uh, film of the festival. It's not that I, I didn't like the others, um, but it's that one I was just... Sasha, you often say going into it with low expectations is often a blessing. Mm. Um, my expectations were very low with this because I'd read the book. Um, and I didn't think that I just questioned Noah Bumbach being the person to adapt that. And he really surprised me. It's his first adaptation. Um, it is a dis- I hesitate to say it. It's almost a Cliff Notes version of the book. Um, but it it, it it kind of works. A lot of it works. Some of it doesn't. It's not a perfect film, but I had a lot of fun with it. And um, the crafts, you definitely can tell that this movie costs, what, 80, $100 million. Um, it's definitely there on the screen. I was surprised. Reading the book, I was wondering how this um, how this film came to cost so much, but it's, it's definitely up there on the screen. I uh, hung around with Jazz. Uh, Tanke, uh, formerly of Awards Daily, now with Variety, I hung around with Clayton and um, Davis of Variety as well, and uh, met a couple of other people, um, reconnected with some other friends from the circuit, and uh, had a really good time. I was only there for maybe a day and a half. I had to come home early because my son was coming home from college and family, more important than film festivals. I know it's shocking, but uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is what it is. It sounds great. Um, but there were, uh, there were, this was a, Middleburg is, a really, really strong festival. Like it, 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 the, it's only five days, I guess, in total, well, four and a half. Um, but the Saturday and Sunday that I missed, I could easily have filled up another eight movies and with things I haven't seen, like all's quiet on the Western front. Um, Banshees was also there. Uh, you know, they just had, 
huge titles. And it just if if you're ever looking for a nice, quiet, small festival to go to where you're just going to see a lot of great movies, Middleburg is a really strong bet. Um, plus, they had some uh, filmmakers there in attendance. I, I uh, talked to Ryan Johnson again. Of course, his wife was not there so for me to spill wine on. But um, <laughs> uh, there were a couple of other. The, the director, Ryan White, the director of Goodnight Oppie, was there with his film. Unfortunately, his film was screening opposite the screening of She Said. So there were about, I heard there were about 30 people in that screening, and it felt terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, it is what it is, right? I mean, you, you know, the, the schedules, that's the problem with something that only lasts a couple of days. You're going to have to make sort of Sophie's choices between fest films because it's just, it's hard to see everything. Um, of course, Mark, you're probably sitting there telling me <laughs> <laughs> if I had been there, I would have seen everything. I would have done uh, it right. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe mm-hmm. next year. But no, yeah. it's, it is hard to get everything. And it depends on the layout and times and all that so it's hard yeah it is um so it, it was and, and middleburg is, is a fantastic little town it's a very colonial town there's a lot of um there was one house that reminded me of the uh, amityville horror house it's that dutch colonial style um that's maybe about five or ten miles outside of middleburg um i just it, it's it's a beautiful spot i definitely want to go back there again if i'm asked back so that that was a pleasure um, and then, of course, last week here in North Carolina, there was Film Fest 919, which is programmed partially by our good friend uh, Carol Marshall, um, who is a, a publicist for Weta and uh, for um, Peter Jackson. And uh, I saw Banshees of uh, Inner Sharon. Sorry, I can never say it right. I've heard it through the movie Inner Sharon. Um, I also saw the French film Close and I saw Corsage. Um, which is, I believe, Belgium. Belgium. I think it's from Belgium. Uh, no, no, no. Close was from Belgium. I can't remember where. Uh, maybe Corsage is Dutch. Um, it's, it's the it's the one with uh, Vicky Cripps. Yeah, Vicky Cripps yeah. is in it. Oh, it might be German. No, I'll quite know it's from German. I don't know what that was. I'll look it up while you're talking. Go ahead. Anyway, um, of those three banshees, which also won the um, audience favorite award, which is pretty significant. This is a uh, it's it's an eclectic mix of people, but it's also a lot of average moviegoers. And I was really surprised that they went for that. But they usually like in years past, they've gone for Nomadland. They've gone for Parasite. Last year, they went for King Richard. So they do have pretty broad, open tastes. Um, so they they chose Banshees as the audience favorite. You just have to be able to hear the movie and then. <laughs> Corsage. Corsage is Austria, by the way. Austria. OK, yeah. uh, she's great in Corsage. Um, the film itself is not. Um, and Close is a, a very strong contender for uh, international feature, in my opinion. It's a. Um, I know we'll talk about one other film that is also a very strong contender, but uh, Close is just a a very small, intimate, poignant film about the friendship between two young boys who, as they go into high school, the sort of social pressures kind of rip them apart. And then there's a tragedy that uh, it's a very, very touching film. Um, But it's it's not sort of touching in a way that doesn't feel authentic. It's a very authentic um, response to the tragedy that happens. Um, and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Those were my two favorite films, um, probably of the year so far. 
um, as well as uh, Goodnight Oppie. I've seen Goodnight Oppie recently, and that's a that's a fun documentary. Mm. So that's that's the the festival beat uh, from the last two I've seen. That's a good <clears throat> a good report. Um, the yeah. I, I feel like with um, Banshees, I feel like it's like the movie I don't want to kill. Like I feel so protective of it after watching what happened with Belfast last year. Like I'm just being not as sort of um, what's the word, uh, you know, over the moon publicly about it as I would be um, because I, I don't yeah. want to boost people's expectations going in. And also I don't want people to get resentful and turn on the movie, you know, in a stupid way that people do. But I think it's, I, it seems to me that there's almost no one that doesn't like Banshees. I mean, I, I've never, <laughs> I've never heard a, anyone say I've a negative a word about it. Really? I've seen a okay. little bit. Yeah. On Twitter, I've seen some people tweet out some. Oh, uh, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twitter. <laughs> Where, Those where assholes. Where, where Citizen Kane can be taken down, even. So, <laughs> right. yeah. No, exactly. Um, I, I, I feel, feel like, like I need to throw my own. I feel like I need to throw my own little film festival so I can say uh, I attended one now. <laughs> Listen, all good things. Look at you know for for a long time, Ryan <laughs> had to wait to see everything before he got into uh, Gallica. And would do these podcasts with us without ever having seen any of the movies, really up until the last minute, right? Right, Ryan? Mm, yeah, I was always the last oh. person to to hear to see the movies, and and even this year we had the screeners haven't started pouring in yet, so I'm going to be bluffing a lot, and you can just guess which <laughs> movies I've seen and which ones I haven't, and and hint hint I haven't seen any of them, and so it's going to be hard to it. guess. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes bluffing is the best way honestly sometimes it's better to have not seen the movie at all like um but there are i'll, I'll just be full disclosure here just for podcast listeners. There, there are a lot of movies i haven't seen i haven't seen till um and that's mm-hmm. that's one that that's one that i think is probably a strong contender for best picture i haven't seen it i think that might be the only one so far on the contender tracker i haven't and i haven't seen the woman king either uh that's it pretty much I didn't mention Empire of Light. Um, Empire of Light was was a really strong. I thought that Mark would have. Mark, were you? Why do I keep thinking Mark was at Telluride with us, and that he <laughs> saw spirit. that movie? Because <laughs> it would have been, I think, a movie you would have really liked. Um, yeah, but to it. it just got killed by the critics for some reason. Like they just decided we're going to kill this movie, you know. And they did. They killed it. So I don't know that it can revive itself after that. Um, after that major beatdown by the high status film uh, critics. So, but right. I, you know, we loved it coming out of Telluride and thought it was a really strong contender. Um, but then the re- I think I think I, I think it's bound to be on the cusp. It's bound to be standing around eleven or twelve. But 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 I, actually, it, even though. It, I know that it's this year can't compare to like 2019 or previous years, but it's it's a it's a pretty strong year already with a lot of very a lot of contenders that'd be hard to imagine don't get in. I mean, even though we keep saying that we don't expect Top Gun to make it because we just know that it's not, that it's not typical for a movie like Top Gun to make it into the top ten. I really expect that it will. And so, when with so many movies that we expect 
to be chosen, there's just only 10 slots, mm-hmm. no matter, and, and and they fill up pretty fast with so many good movies. Another, did you mention Glass Onion? I think you did. Yeah, you did mention Glass no, Onion. No, I didn't, and I, I don't even have that on the tracker. I've got to put that on, so thank you. Um, yeah. uh-huh. And I also did mention Clarence, women. I don't Clarence think, mentioned that. Oh, he did. I yeah, don't think I mentioned okay. women talking either, and that's that's definitely one that was strong. Yeah, you did. I did. Oh, okay. uh-huh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that was strong coming out of Telluride, but so women talking and she said I think are two two strong best picture contenders, and you know the reason that they're strong in a in a ten picture race, it's much more about what each group picks as their number one movie, right? It's not mm-hmm. like they get to say, "I like this movie and this movie." It's like we're focusing on what each branch or kind of group of type types of people are going to say is their number one favorite movie of the year. Now, I think there are going to be people who think that Top Gun is their favorite movie of the year, but I just wonder how many, you know, are there going to be a hundred of them? They're going to be less than that, more than that. What kind and of it really is? It's a, I know that it used to that used to be the the benchmark, but we expected a hundred a hundred people choosing it as number one would almost guarantee you to be in among the nominees. But now with nine thousand members, it has to be more than a hundred people choosing yeah. it as number one, because nine thousand is a big number with not a lot of vote, a lot of ballots. So I would I would think that to, in order to be guaranteed a, a nomination slot now, you probably need at least three hundred. Or more, more people saying choosing it as their number one film. Right. My guess, I mean, just a just a just a spit just a spitball estimate. That's a lot. So that's a yeah. Yeah, it is. To to say it's your Although, number yeah. one movie, like that's that's that's, that's mm-hmm. why I have it predicted as an alt. I don't have it predicted into to, to get in because um, I understand the people that are going to pick some of the movies that I have. Every single film that I put on my best predictions list. I try to picture in my head who the people are that are going to vote for that for number one, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I can think, okay, I know that person, I know that type of person. And so it's easier for me to go like, okay, women talking can't miss, right? Because you know that person uh that's going to put that movie at number one. Mm -hmm. Um, Same Mm -hmm. with she said. I mean, they are going to split up a little bit, those two. Um. But there's, okay. you know, fact. Ironically, that the producer on on is, on, is the same producer. Dee Dee Gardner is on mm-hmm. both of these mm-hmm. movies. So, well, see, that's the thing. That's why I think that Top Gun stands a good chance because it's not just it's it's not only a fun movie that everyone really enjoys and goes back. People have gone back to see it three or four times. It's not only. Um, a blockbuster made making a billion dollars, but it's also a really well-made film. It is, yeah. and it was, it's also, and it's also for a blockbuster, it's well-reviewed. Uh, critics did not come down hard on it at all. They, they, there were a lot of it, it. It got really good reviews, and so I think you're going. And it's really technically, it's not. I, it's not one of my favorite films of the year, but it's in the it's in the top fifteen, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all that if it's that it's uh, in the top ten for a lot of people, and it would be really popular among what we used to call Joe the Sound Joe guy. Joe the Sound you know, Guy. That, yeah, because they're going to respect and admire the technical um, expertise of the film, and it's just really it's really good cinema, and, and it's, despite being a popcorn movie. Yeah, there are, and those are rare. They're really rare. Really, they don't happen very often. I mean, there's Titanic, and there's Lord of the Rings, and there's you can just 
you can name them because they they actually got nominated. You can it's easy to pick them out because mm-hmm. they ended up being nominated, and it's a for a reason, just like Jaws. Yeah, you know? yeah, but see, Jaws was a five picture ballot era, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. I don't know that that you know, but back then they they factored in the public, they factored in a movie making money. And as uh-huh. far as I can tell, I know that they don't like voting for superhero movies. They feel embarrassed doing that, just like they don't like to pick mm-hmm. animated movies as their favorite film of the year. Like adult people don't do that usually. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why those movies haven't gotten in. Like you're not going to find a lot of people walking around the Academy saying Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man 2, No Way Home is my favorite movie of the year. You right. might find some mm-hmm. saying Top Gun is. You might. It's an adult, uh-huh. quote unquote, adult movie. Um, but, you know, it's a sequel. Um, it's a blockbuster, and right. you know they have decoupled from the idea of the blockbuster. What they want to sell is quality. They want to sell that this is what they actually care about. They don't care about the making money part of it. We, I care about the uh-huh. making money part of it, but they don't. The Oscar voters don't, which is how we get to the lineup that we had last year. So I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I would be happy, obviously, if it got mm-hmm. in. And there, and it's also going if, as far as blockbuster. Clusters that are a lot of fun and are really well made, it's going to have competition probably from Avatar. Yeah, exactly. From the same type of people who 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 would, would be voting or choosing Top Gun or also be choosing Avatar. And Avatar, if we're talking about the types of people who vote for a certain type of movie. Yeah, Avatar is going to be coming in with a eco with a message with an eco message. You know, it's it's about so it's going to be quote unquote important. Top Gun doesn't have that mercifully. Mm-hmm. Like thank God. Yeah, but the original but, Avatar had had an eco message too. The original Avatar also had an eco message. Yeah, no, I'm saying it, it benefits it to have one. Oh right. As opposed uh, yes, to that, Top Gun, it doesn't. Yes, so it, yes. it does have the quote unquote important thing about it, and I think mm-hmm. that that's going to help to, um, to obviously with Avatar that I you know, and then we have to wait for Babylon, which you know we don't know what that's going to be yet. We just don't know. What yeah, we don't. Be. We don't know what. It, yeah, it could. It could uh, I, because even though a lot of people were wild, and even you, you know, I said before, Sasha, Sasha, how you and I, after we saw Avatar, we came home that night on Christmas Eve or whenever we first saw it, and we were both over the moon about. It. We both wrote extravagant things about it on the site, and then a week later, I was ready to delete that tweet. I mean, delete the post, <laughs> not delete the tweet, but delete the post because I just had second thoughts about it. I just I was thinking, you know, because it didn't stick with me. Yeah, I, I think it's actually going to get killed, um, Avatar, mm. for being uh, cultural appropriation. That's my prediction. But we'll see how that mm. goes. Um, it's just that, okay. that they 2009 was a little bit too early for it to... Uh, have gotten caught up in that, but that that complaints come up a lot over the years. Okay, I have I've missed hearing all that. I haven't heard that at all yeah. because it's it's uh, it is because I thought it did a pretty good job of world building a completely different culture that yeah. didn't seem to borrow on other cultures mm-hmm. any more than any other fantasy films do. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I just think yeah, that's what's yeah, gonna. I'm just yeah. making that call prediction mm. right now. Yeah, okay, yeah, because you, you've seen things like that you, that I haven't seen, but yeah, okay, I can understand that there would be people like that because we'll there see. always are. We'll see. I mean, it, it, it all it takes is like one 
column and then a tweet and then it takes off and becomes something. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. just get Another contagious. thing I will say in support of Top Gun, though, is that if we if we knock it out, then the movies that are standing on the 11, 12, 13 um, posts right now would be what? They would be The Whale or Tar. And those those do not seem any much more likely at making it into the top 10. Oh, no, Tar will. Would. Yeah, I think Tar will. I don't know about the whale. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I haven't seen it, and so I'm thinking I'm think Tar will probably be fantastic. It sounds like right up my alley. I think I'll, I'll really like it. I probably. think you'll love it. I do. Um, uh-huh. uh, so, Mark, you haven't seen Tar, have you? I have. I saw Tar, and I saw Amsterdam recently. Oh, so what'd um, you think of them? Yeah, um, I thought Tar was really good. I thought Kate Blanchett. Um, maybe, you know, I'd, I'd put it right up there with Blue Jasmine as far as her best performances. Mm-hmm. Um, was a little less fond of Amsterdam, but I still enjoyed it. It just maybe wasn't as funny as it needed to be. Uh, but I liked Christian Bale a lot in it. Oh, Amsterdam. Cool. See, I, that's going to be a, I keep getting yeah. confused with Armageddon time. Like both those two movies oh, no, for some reason yeah. hit weird in my head, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I'm so that's it. I think Tar is definitely an in, and I think he'll get in for best director, Todd Field. He's he's being celebrated so much this year. He's gonna get so much love from the critics, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um that And also I, I guess that really Babylon is is an unknown quantity sort of, right? Even though we're all we're all saying that we expect it to be one among the ten, it could not be, you know, depending on it could not it could he could just not carry it off. I can't see that happening, but it possibility, right? Has anyone seen? No one has seen that. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Not Australia publicly. Either. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah not publicly. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So quickly, um, let's talk about best actor. So Clarence and I were having this long rumination about the whale. <laughs> He's the only one who's seen it, and um. You know, in in since they expanded the ballot in two thousand nine, only one Best Actor has won without a Best Picture nomination. You guys all know who that is, right? Oh, I know who it is. I'm not going to say because it's cheating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can name it. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that. I'll give you a hint. Um, the dude abides. Oh, crazy heart. Yes. So Jeff Bridges won, but remember how hard he worked that. And he didn't have a lot of competition that year. I think, as I recall, none of the Best Actor nominees that year were in a Best Picture contender. But they might have been. I have to double check that. But um, So that's the only one since 2009. The question is, what's going to happen this year? Already, to me, it looks like Best Actor is down to three. Austin Butler for Elvis, iffy on a Best Picture nomination, but I'm still predicting it because um, it made $150 million and it was you know, a very popular film. And I could see maybe enough people who, liking Austin Butler to put that in, number one, maybe. Colin uh, Farrell for uh, Banshees is, is a slam dunk for a Best Picture nomination, might even win Best Picture. And that, so that's no problem there. And then we get to Brendan Fraser, who's been, you know, crying at every single standing ovation that he's been getting. 
And so he has right. like, actors calling for him to win right now. Like it's turning into a story. So that leaves us with the question of whether or not the whale can make it in for best picture. Now, what do you think about that, Clarence? Do you think the strength of his performance can get that movie in for best picture? Um, if he wins, no, I do not think that the strength of his performance can get that movie in for best picture. The, the, the movie is very, very divisive. If he sort of go outside of the, uh, film turtle, film Twitter bubble. Film and turtle. I like that, film turtle better than film. So turtle. <laughs> <laughs> even the bubble is split on it. I mean, there, there are some very notable people who maybe not part of film Twitter, but people who talk about film on Twitter, those are two different things. Um, they're not wild about the movie. Most everybody likes his performance at, you know, at the bare minimum likes his performance, but I don't think that he can uh, drag the film into best picture personally. I just don't think it's strong enough. I think there's a lot of problems with it. Um, I don't think it's very well directed. And, uh, but before we continue, I did want to go back to 2009. Jeff Bridges did compete against George Clooney, who was nominated for up in the air, which I think was a best picture nominee and Jeremy Renner in the hurt locker. All right, and oh, okay. and that was supposed to be Clooney's year. Remember, coming out of um, coming out of Telluride. Remember, Ryan, you remember how popular <laughs> up in the air was? Oh yeah, the gondola people. <laughs> they almost knocked the gondola off of the off of the off of the cord that day, that year. <laughs> people were people were sobbing. If I remember, I can remember a couple of people sobbing. <laughs> that was such a tragedy. That story. But anyway, that <laughs> it was supposed to be his year. Remember, everybody was like, "That was going to be George Clooney's year," uh, and um, uh-huh. and but Jeff Bridges pulled it off. So, okay, so I am definitely stand corrected on that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't think that Jeremy Renner was ever going to win, but he's great in that movie. God, is he good? That is such a good movie. Um. So, but, but I feel like Brendan Fraser might have a story, an Oscar story that's better than anybody else's and that that'll mm-hmm. carry him through just because of goodwill, purely goodwill. Uh, like with Troy Kotzer last year. Um, and at A24 and is skillful. A24 know what they're doing with, uh, with handling their, their mm-hmm. contenders. Yeah. It's they're also, really, isn't and, it very and, film Twitter friendly that, performance too mm-hmm. it's actually not a very deep bench for best actor this year is no, it and i'm trying not. to think and it's uh, uh you've named them you've already i can't think who else really yeah and everybody's what? clamoring to try to figure out who that fifth slot is how do you what do you think of adam driver and white noise clarence i think he's good i mean I, it's just not it, it's not a, a nomination performance it's okay it's, you know but it's good. I mean, it's he's not the worst performance in the film. And I'll just leave it at that. But um, oh, okay, it's, well, we uh, know what that means. <laughs> we know what you're saying. I, you know, if you can't say something nice, don't say something. <laughs> say nothing at all. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't think it. You know, it, it's he's he's good in it. It's just not. It's just not one of those performances. It's it's not going. It's to not. Be a, it's not a marriage story. <laughs> no, no. Well, it doesn't. And you know, this is perhaps where the film perhaps isn't as strong as it needs to be. It, it, the way that he plays it is very comic and it, it doesn't have a lot of gravitas, but the subject matter does. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's, the film should be more than just a really good time. 
Yeah, right. Social satires. It's not an easy yeah. thing to pull off, and it's, it's a hard, hard to hard to modulate that tone, um, and to get everyone on the same page on this, doing the same tone, carry right. you know, conveying the same tone. But uh, going back to the whale, no, I I don't think the whale gets in for best picture. I don't. I really don't think there's any way. All right. Well, I'll tell you this: if they really want to save the Oscars, they just got to nominate Tom Cruise. I mean, I know he's not Mr. Popular, <laughs> yeah. but it, Tom Cruise in the Best Actor race, you're you're really bringing yeah. in some heavy duty star power. And mm-hmm. if you if you also have Brad Pitt in supporting, you know, now you're really talking about, and you have Top Gun for Best Picture. You know, you do have an Oscars that people might want to watch. So I'm just saying, throwing it out there on a weak year. However, I will say this: mm-hmm. as the only person that's seen the Fablemans, um. The Fablemans is, you know, it's an actor's dream. Like, I think that that kid that plays Spielberg would have a really good shot at best actor, depending on how strong that is. Same with the guy. And I'm sorry, this is so bad of me, but um, it's I don't Gabriel, know. The, Gabriel LaBelle. Is the Gabriel Fableman. LaBelle. He's wonderful. And then we have the also the lead in um, Babylon. Can we, you know, there's the, there's the lead guy in Babylon. Diego, oh, Diego Calva. Diego Calva. He yeah. could get in. And then the lead in everything, everywhere, all at once. The male lead in that. Or, no, uh, he's supporting. Oh, he's supporting. Yeah. Okay, Kwan. Yeah, he's supporting. Yeah. All right. I will say, I know, I know, I, I don't. I'm not trying to be confrontational or, or, or even play devil's advocate or just being. I'm not oh. trying to be an asshole, but, but I here I go. I'm going to be an <laughs> asshole anyway. I'm not. I think that people know how the Oscars unfold, and I don't think that people are going to watch a three-hour show just in order to hear Tom Cruise's name called out and watch him lose? It's not about that. It's about watching a show with celebrities. Me and Emma have this joke about um, when they did a study on primates at the zoo, they found that primates like to watch the other pretty primates. They like looking Uh at the primates and humans. And so Emma always says to me, pretty monkeys, (laughs) because the concept is that people uh, like to look at... Then to complete my thought, Tom Cruise would be on stage longer if he's a presenter than he would if he just has his name called out and they show a five second shot of him sitting in the audience with a frozen smile on his face as he loses yeah but it adds a presenter it adds a little drama a a guy that they know in a movie that they saw it's going to be the only movie that they saw and it adds Mm -hmm. a little bit of drama to it it's exciting to see a comeback like that um you know look it's we're going to see a million or watch them and find out about a million critics awards where all the, you know, hoity toity people that nobody really knows, but gave great performances are all going to win prizes. The Oscars, you know, usually are big with big stars. They have been traditionally. And so the bigger the stars at the Oscars in the Oscars, the better for the Oscars. It's just the way it is. Stats wise. Um, If you look back at the ratings. Yeah. All right. uh, We'll have to agree to disagree that that, uh, because I, uh, I'm not real. See, I just think also in the age of YouTube, any, everyone knows that whatever uh, 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 appearance Tom Cruise makes at the Oscars, they'll be able to see it on YouTube. That's not your target audience. Your target audience are not people hunched over Twitter all day or watching YouTube or on TikTok. Your target audience are people, the millions of people out there who used to watch the Oscars that don't anymore. You're, you're going to have to go older. Nobody young is going to watch the Oscars. My daughter's generation, they're not going to watch the Oscars ever. <laughs> so they're done. If um, you want ratings, you're going to have to go I, older. I, I, yeah. you know? 
And, and, I mean, and I will again, say this I, one last thing, Ryan, you don't even think there's a problem with the Oscars. So finding a solution is not, you know, you just don't think that there's a problem. So why would you even look for a solution? I happen to I think, think there's a problem. I think there's a problem that can't, that can't be solved in, in, in the ways that we're, that we have, that anyone has discovered yet because there are smarter people than us trying to solve the problem and they have been unable to. Well, they don't listen uh, to I think us. The prob- <laughs> but I so, also think that, that a lot of people who love movies and, lo- and, are, and are interested in finding out which movies are, are acclaimed and, and, and rise to the top of the heap and become the best movies of the year are, movies, are, are, are people of all ages. Regardless of whether or not Emma or her friends watch the Oscars, we have yeah, but you're talking about two different of things. At awards daily, we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of readers who read awards daily and are listening to this podcast right now who are not the older generation. Yes, I know, and they're not the people I'm talking about. They're not the people okay. who need to have Tom Cruise at the Oscars. Okay. I'm I talking also, about the I'm needing also, to boost the ratings. People okay? of all age, I also think people of all ages know how to find YouTube on their laptop. Yeah, I know. But again, like I say to repeat, you don't think there's a problem. The problem is how to boost the ratings in the short run to fulfill their contract before they're retired to streaming. That's okay, the problem. I, so, I mean, let me just say, though, as far as ratings, the only thing that gets higher ratings than the Oscars is football. Yes. So, the, the, so the, the, even though the Oscars is never going to have the ratings that it used to have, it's never going to uh, attract 80 million people watching on a Sunday night. It's still one of the top three or four event, TV events of the year. It could so still get them. I don't want to listen. I definitely don't want to have this conversation. Let's just agree to disagree. We've been talking about the same thing for years. I hope he does get nominated, and then we can test your theory. Yeah, me too. Because if Tom Cruise can't bring him in, then that's they're dead. Stick a fork in it. So, so they're not your- dead. They're not dead because it's like I said, it's the second or third or fourth highest rated TV See, that's, event of the that's year. That's it. Yeah, it's and like they, and they appeal to an audience that that buys Cadillacs and Rolex watches. It's like me saying no there's a TV event of the year ever. It's like me saying, what are we going to do about the ghost in the door? And you saying there isn't a ghost in the door. That's what our conversation about this always is. And so it's not fruitful for either of us to go down this road. I remember what they used to be like. I would like them to be sort of back to that. I know they'll never get all the way back. Network TV is dying all the way around. But with Chris Rock coming back maybe as the host and, you know, some of these movies being really popular, they can boost their ratings up a little bit above the embarrassing level of complete tragedy. And they've been told that they have to, by the way. It's not even a choice. They've been told they have to boost their ratings. And everything they try, people on Twitter flip out about. So I'm just saying, you want to get people in, and they won't listen to me, and they won't do it unless they think he deserves it. But I was just speaking theoretically, abstractly. People on Twitter did freak out about having the most the most popular movie category or whatever that was everything called. Everything that and, they've tried. And nobody, nobody, even saw, nobody even saw that happening on, on screen because it was such an embarrassment. They, exactly. tw- they freaked out about it because they knew it was going to be an embarrassment, and it, and it was. Can you even name the movie that won that? This isn't... Oh, no, I can. I, didn't, yeah. I thought that it was, you know... They were desperate, and they were doing what they could do, and I wasn't going to criticize them for it. I criticized Twitter for killing something that I love. So we'll just move on from that, and I will say that this is my opinion as someone who has been covering the Oscars for 22 years. 
I know okay, what I know. That's good. And that's just the and bottom line. And my opinion right? as somebody who's been watching the Oscars since I've been yes, 11 Yes, and your opinion old. is there's no problem, just like everybody on Twitter thinks. Let's just I'm go to streaming. I'm not saying there's no problem. I'm saying that the problem is 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 uh, is something is is that is that uh, there's other things for people to do on Sunday nights besides sit for three hours and and, and to catch a glimpse of someone for five seconds. Unless they in, really, in it's not. The that's audience. that's not the point. The point is they're involved in the process. They're involved in it. It's something that they care about. And if it's something that they care about, they're going to watch it. If it's something that is just this weird world of these weird insular people in these movies they've never heard of, they're not going to have any interest. I'll never forget walking around the Academy the year that American Sniper was up for Best Picture and listening to people talk. This has happened to me for years. I would talk to people about the Oscars. And at some point, they just stopped talking to me about it because the movies just stopped being relevant to them completely. But it would always be like, of course, Fellowship of the Ring is going to win. Of course, Avatar is going to win. And of course, American Sniper is going to win. And I'm not, I was never criticizing the Oscars for the movie that won. I was never saying if Avatar had won, the Oscars would be better. I wasn't saying that. But I am saying that when you get 10 movies that nobody's ever heard of, it feels a lot like a very insular, very elitist, cut off, isolated world that nobody cares about. So... If they make it a little bit broader and more interesting for the public, then they might choose to tune in if they have nothing else to do. Maybe. If they keep the politics out of it, maybe. I agree with you that it's risky. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Right? Like these are I'm I'm not saying that it's risky. I I I I said I'm the one who's been saying all throughout the podcast that I believe that Top Gun will be nominated for Best Picture. Right. I hope it and, is, and I hope. And, and I'm would... also saying that I'm. I know, I'm also conceding the fact that it's a that the it's a shallow bench for best actor this year. So it would not surprise me if it's so shallow that that Tom Cruise can make it into best actor. I'm just not expecting that eventuality to, cre- to create I don't expect a situation where the Oscar ratings double than they were from last. And year. And that's where we disagree. I think they would double. Okay. Because not double, but they would be raised a little bit because it would be interesting to watch a beefcake guy like that in the race, you know? Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't take much to get them higher than they have been for the past two years right. because was, they've been was, at epidemic lows. Epidemic was, lows. It, yeah. Catastrophic lows. So I'm yeah, trying to help the, them. That's all. Go ahead, the last two years, The last two years, like I was just reading a story today about the average audience for HBO's House of the Dragon, which is averaging about 27 to 29 million people a week watching that show. And when is the last time the Oscars had that? 2019? 2018? Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a stand. Those no, are they, numbers. amazing numbers. You, so 20, 27 million people are watching House of Dragons? Yep. Really? Because I thought that the, that the, that the, that the finale of Game of Thrones only had about 3 million viewers. Oh no! Well, no, that may have been no. The finale of Game of Thrones was like nine or ten at the nine o'clock hour to watch it live, and then by the oh, time okay. you count, you know, okay. all the okay, okay, you, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this twenty seven million is, <clears throat> excuse me, to be can to be completely clear, the twenty seven million is is the over the week, right? I get it. Okay, because not okay. everybody. Yeah, that makes it more live. sense. Yeah, that makes so more it sense. Yeah. Isn't as an example in, in apples to apples comparison. Yeah, okay. and, and, and like and and, I, and for instance, White Lotus, which we all loved and which we all acknowledge as a masterpiece, I believe it it, it floated around around two million people per 
per episode of yeah. the White Lotus. What are your current five for best actors? And since both of you were on, you were on Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, and Austin Butler, right? Those three. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, and I have Paul Dano right now uh, from the Fablemans. He's absolutely amazing. Actually, I think he's going supporting, though, isn't he? So I have to take him out of the lead because he is going to be. But he's one of the best performers in the Fablemans, I think. And so um, I think he's got a really good shot there. He's got to go up against Judd Hirsch from the Fablemans. And the the two guys from Banshees who are both just fantastic in it. Um, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson and, and what's that other guy's name? I don't have him down here. Um, Barry Keegan. Barry K-O-E-G-A-N. H-A-N. H-A-N. He's just amazing in it. Um, yeah. They might, they might cancel each other out. Um. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much. And then I have, um, that's okay. So we're back to best actor. So who am I missing on that list? Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan. Fra- oh, uh, Gabriel. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks maybe has made a big impression with that trailer that came out this week. Uh, Tom Hanks in Otto. Man Called Otto. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Tom Hanks in that. What was that movie about again? I have... Oh wait. Go ahead. Sorry, Kyle. I was going to say I have, I think Mark just mentioned this, but uh, I think I have uh, Hugh Jackman for The Sun. Okay, oh, right. I better put um, him down. I don't even have choice. them. Yeah. I don't have them on here at all, any of The Sun, so I need to put that on here too. I, I just kind of got the feeling that it got bad reviews, but reviews aren't everything, you know? Um, There's a lot of passion behind it. If you love it, you love it. If you really don't, if you hate it, you really hate it. Like it's it's an A or D thing. <laughs> Do you oh, think you know, uh, there's, a, there's this movie called The Inspection? It's a, it's the uh, sort of a, is it sort of a, uh, English speaking remake of, of, Beau I don't know what is the, is is it sort of like Beau in The Inspection about about a guy in, in boot camp? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? The star of that? Elegance. Jeremy Pope. Jeremy Pope, right? Yeah, maybe he right. might he might be someone to consider for. for yeah, let me put, I'll put him down too. I agree with that. Um, he's gotten a lot of buzz. And a lot of people have Bill Nye for living in that fifth slot. Right, right. The Pope, and then Bill Nye uh, living. Okay, yeah, I haven't updated this in a while, and it's just looking very thin. Um, and here we are at the end of the year; it's almost over. So um, I guess I'll go to Gold Derby and look at Best Actor really fast. You guys want to do your Best Actors? Uh, I think I've already kind of said it. I mean, I like I said, I I can't think of any besides I've, the ones we've already named. Really, hmm, let's see. I have Fraser, Farrell, Butler, Jackman, and I'm sight unseen. I'm gonna go with Diego Calva for Babylon. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's hope. Let's fingers crossed. I mean, I really, I hope the best for that movie. I just, uh, it's just an. It seems like a really unknown quantity right now. Wouldn't it be great if it just blows us all away? I would love that so much because it looks like just so much fun and just a visual feast. I know. He's- yeah, it's been a long time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sasha. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I know he's very nervous about it, um, working hard on it, you know, editing it and being really mm-hmm. careful with it. So 
yeah, I mean, he the pressure is on for him, you know. Uh, but he, but he did he did manage to escape the Oscar circus, so I imagine that's helpful for him a little bit, you know. Um, he he doesn't have um, to worry about that, like you know, people like me killing a movie like First Man <laughs> for trying to. Uh-oh. All right, literally everybody on Gold Derby. Everybody except my girl Joyce. She has Austin Butler, as do I. No, I, I have Colin Farrell. Oh, I have it? to change that. Everybody else has oh, the Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, but Ann Thompson has Colin Farrell. For Banshees. The so you this is just to kind of bring Mark and, and Ryan and some of the things that you and I were talking about. The problem with Brendan Fraser is that the film's going to be divisive. It's not going to be a best picture contender in my opinion. So he's not going to have that heft, you know, start pulling him in, no pun intended, but, um, <laughs> and it's also, it's not an, in my opinion, it, it, you know, he is good in the film. It is not an undeniable performance. It is not a career capping performance. It is not Jeff, you know, it's not Jeff Bridges and crazy heart. It's not Al Pacino in in son of a woman or something like that. And, you know, he's never been nominated for an Oscar. So, and it's more like, it sounds more like Mickey Rourke in the wrestler type. Yes. That, and that, that move and it, the whale reminds me so much of the wrestler. And I have the same problems with the whale that actually did with the wrestler in that it's this, you know, this, this saint, this person is projected as a saint and you're supposed to ignore his bad behavior because he's tortured. And it, and I just, you know, I have real problems with that. Mm. But you know, I I think just one quick thing. I I don't think critics are going to uniformly fall behind him um, because I think they are going to split these awards with Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser. I don't see Brendan Fraser walking through the whole season winning every single critics award. And and the only thing that he really has in his corner, undeniably, is his super you know this air of he is a super nice guy he comes into a room and he lights up the room with a smile and then people applaud him and then he just you know he's he's so appreciative of it he can't control his emotions and then he you know he, he and people just well listen people are that, eating that up they love to see that that's addicting that is an it's a high you get from being an awards voter you get that high that's why coda won um you know that's the whole reason it won is is exactly that mm-hmm. People love that feeling of like they're they're doing something good with their vote. They're making somebody feel good. They're changing someone's life. You know, it's purposeful. It feels like something. And so that is the best. And I've seen terrible performances like like uh, that I thought were terrible, like Melissa Leo and the fighter. No offense. I'm glad she won. But like she won that totally on vibes. You know, like she was good and everything, but um she won that award because of who she was and her situation that year more than she did for the performance. And so it happens a lot that way. Yeah. She did her own FYC ass, right? Yeah. Remember Mm -hmm. it turned into this big thing. Yeah. 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 That was a big, consider me. uh Uh-huh. Consider me. Right. And those were great. She did a great job with that. Another thing about Brendan Fraser is not as if his filmography is, is all that stellar. He's no. done some a lot of fun movies and a lot of movies that are that are some people, but really the only really significantly important movie I'm, I'm putting air, important in air quotes 
I mean, not, I mean, that is genuinely important, that is genuinely a masterpiece, would be Gods and Monsters. Right. Is the only, and other than that, I can't think of any movie that, that would be considered Oscar material. So yeah. does he wear a fat suit in this, or is he gaining, did he gain the weight? He wear. I don't know. He's six hundred pounds in the film. He get, he wear, he wears a fat suit. Okay, so that that's going to cause him a little bit of trouble. I think. The um, other thing that I can't figure out how it will impact him is the drama around the Golden Globes. And I know the Golden Globes aren't being taken seriously, but you know, he uh, there's a, there's this question as to whether or not he's even going to be a nominated or attend because of his history with the Golden Globes. What's his history you know, with the Golden Globes? Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, it sounds juicy. He was, I don't know about he, it. <laughs> he accused the president of the Golden Globes several years ago. I, I, I need to look up the article. Jalal was telling me about it because I hadn't heard this myself. Uh, he accused the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press uh, for um, sexual harassment. <gasps> or he was sexually assaulted by the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press, who is no. no longer president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Um, oh, my God. That's and, so serious. Of course, yeah, so that this HFPA guy denies it, of course, but you know, I, I have no idea what happened. I need to to do the research and read the article, but that's what I'm being told is that there is a an accusation of uh, of sexual abuse. Well, I think actually that that might help him with the Golden Globes because they want to um, fix their Man, image, the uh, atonement, atonement, yeah. Yeah. and if they do that, yeah. that shows that they you know are making amends. And by uh, right. the way, did, I'm sorry to have to say this again. I don't want to bring it up again, but I just have to say it, which is that Tom Cruise, remember, he gave back his Golden Globes. Right. So, oh, wow. You know, I forgot he, that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they're going to put him in there either. <laughs> no, but um, there'll be a weird thing where I think they'll probably, like they did with um, Jennifer Hudson for Respect last year, they'll probably put Austin Butler in drama, not in musical. Um, so Colin Farrell will win comedy, and it'll be Brendan Fraser versus Austin Butler. Yeah, uh, and Banshees is going to win best comedy there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to win best comedy, and then it's going to go up against Fablemans in. But Fablemans might be comedy too, honestly. Really? Okay. Maybe. I mean, it's funny, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's hard to know. It is a serious story, but. I could see it going either way, honestly. I think it'll probably go drama because just because of they're making a play for best picture and they know it's it's easier if it's in a drama than in drama than in comedy. But that puts those movies head to head, right? Mm-hmm. The Globes may also, um, you know, it depends on, on in Ritu and Netflix and how they're working with that, the HFPA, but they may put Daniel Jimenez Cacho um, from Bardo, the lead actor of Bardo, who's in almost literally every scene of that film. Um, he may get a Globe nomination. Right. Yeah. And then, and see, it's like, be careful what you wish for <laughs> because now that they're taking away their exclusive press conferences, they don't have the same sort of heft that they used to have with these voters. Right. Because, you know, they could definitely, depending on who it was, they had a much better chance and edge of, of say, you know, doing something like that, like pushing it, pushing in a client. And you could always tell, like, whoever the studio was handling it, how well they were going to do with the Globes just based on those exclusive press conferences. But they've taken them out this year. They're not doing them. I wonder how come. I wonder why they would take them out. I don't understand. I don't see the harm in them. 
Well, because they were accused of playing favorites and special favors and people, a lot of publicists that I know were really upset that they could never get their clients in those. They would Uh, never get the movie seen. Yeah. Yeah. And there were charges that they, you know, were overly prejudiced against, you know, films by women of, by filmmakers of color, you know. So those charges were there and that they only went with the big stars and the big money and the big studios. And, and they figured they couldn't, if they couldn't get into a press conference, they weren't going to be able to get to know the voters and they weren't going to get the nominations. I mean, we have to okay. figure that's how that Tom Ford movie got in there was with one of those press conferences, you know. Um, remember when that one guy got the best supporting actor, uh, the, the, they had sent them all like special Tom Ford. I think it was like sunglasses or something like that, um, mm. for that movie. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Does anybody remember that? It's just me. Um, remember, vaguely, yeah. Remember that weird, that Tom Ford movie that had the guy who married that older woman. What's his name? I'm sorry. Uh, um, he's really cute. Aaron Taylor mm-hmm. Johnson or something uh, like that. There you yeah, go. Noc- right. Yeah, noc- yeah, yeah. Nocturnal, mm-hmm. nocturnal animals. Nocturnal so animals. Yes. Oh, yeah. The movie where he was taking a dump. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> the saying you can't unsee it. You can't unsee no. it. It stays with you forever. <laughs> Should we start talking about uh, actress or did we wrap? Yeah, let's uh, let's um, do actress because I have to go to bed soon. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Did we, did we chase you away with our fight? <laughs> okay good let's do let's do some mattress all right so clarence was bringing up to me that um some readers were wondering commenters were wondering why i never talk about anna diarmis in blonde and i'll tell you i think that um i think that anna diarmis is amazing and i think she's beautiful and i was very moved by her performance I don't think anybody's going to walk away from that movie with a positive experience. So I don't think that they're going to pick anything, even if it's maybe worthy of cinematography or costumes or something. I think it's, it was just so upsetting for people that I feel like Mm -hmm. it's not, she's not going to get a chance to be, because that's just my own opinion. Also best actress is incredibly competitive this year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, this is just obviously my opinion, who knows, but I, who I have is I have Michelle Yeoh, I have Kate Blanchett, I have Danielle Deadweiler for Till, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and then Viola Davis, The Woman King, would be next in line. Um, Olivia Coleman from Empire of Light. These are incredible performances, you know. Mm. Um, I, I guess I should put Anna Diarmas down here on the contender tracker, but I honestly don't think that uh, that movie's really going to do well with the Academy voters. What do you guys think? I think it's a really nightmarish movie. I I, I think I, I respect it for what it attempted to do, and I do think part of the point of it, part of the part of the aesthetic of it, was to be a, such a nightmare that she was the only normal human character in the entire film, and everyone else was like a, a possessed by the devil. I mean, she was surrounded by demons in her life. Whether or not that was the actual reality or not, that may have been how at times that she felt, that she was all alone and, and, and that everyone around her just wanted a piece of her, but she never got anything emotionally supportive from anyone. And that's the impression that I got from the movie. And that's why mm-hmm. it seems like the movie, in a way, sometimes was just so over the top is because so every, she was the only... She, 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 
embodied Marilyn so well, and everyone else almost seemed like a like a vicious caricature of the worst of of humanity. Uh, and that, and I think that that has to be deliberate. You can't can't make a movie like that and not realize that that's what you're doing. And but still, I do think like you're right, Sasha. It's just a nightmarish experience, and, and I, I couldn't even do it all in one sitting. I had to just take a break from mm. it and come back to it. It was actually traumatizing yeah. to me and to my daughter watching it. Um, it was especially traumatizing to me. I've I've written uh, a lot about this in a different on my other website about um, um you know abortion trauma from that movie. Um, but I think that, um, I think the problem in terms of nominating her is that she is as good as she is and she's doing it right. He, he asked her to act like she's in a dream and she does mm-hmm. that really well. I think she looks like she's in a nightmare and she acts mm-hmm. that really yeah. well. But the problem with that is that she's, she's always playing it kind of just one note. Um, and so that's why it's a problem in terms of acting, because she's just reacting to everything and she's crying and traumatized the whole time. So there's not a lot of uh, versatility in her performance. People are going to look at that. Any all, any Oscar voters are going to go like, that's not that's not Marilyn, you know, as interesting mm. as it is. So the only hope she would have is if the critics glommed onto it. But the critics are probably going to glom on to Tar and uh, Kate Blanchett. So mm. I don't think that Anna is going to get that boost from that. Um, mm. What do you guys think? Other guys that hated, hated blonde. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I, I don't think that. I no, no, I meant, I meant, um, t- uh, I meant those other, okay. I meant uh, Clarence and Mark. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mark. Cause, Cause I know yeah, they hated I, it. <laughs> I did hate it. I, I, I love Anna Darmus, and I think she was fine in it, maybe good, but it was just such a mess that it's hard for me to even like consider her performance. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not putting that film anywhere near uh, my predictions at the moment. Um, yeah, I just, I think enough people will turn the movie off half hour in that they won't see much of it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, Andrew Dominic's direction and screenplay and his entire vision of what he assumes to be a woman's experience or Marilyn Monroe's experience. And I think people are going to be very, very turned off by a lot of the choices that he makes in this film. Um, Gratuitous, unnecessary choices Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, best actress is too competitive to give her a, we support you. We recognize you. We know you're a great actress. You're great in that movie, but we really hate that film. It's it's too competitive for that kind of nomination. Right. Mm. Right. Exactly. And and I think that I think he's he's pleased with what he did. I mean, one of the benefits of working at Netflix and making these movies for Netflix, like with White Noise and Bardo, is that they really did go 100 percent with their commitment to film directors to let them do whatever they wanted. You know, like here yeah. you can express, you can make a movie that has no constraints on it for making movie from for making money, and you can just pure creative expression. And you know, that works well for some people and for other people it doesn't. Like if you're self-disciplined like David Fincher, it works really well. If you're not self-disciplined, I think the movie can get away with get away from you if you don't have people sort of, you know, 
hardlining it for you here and there. Um, I just think discipline is good for film directors personally, but I think that there's there's an element to it that they feel like it feels good to just have pure freedom to do whatever I want, to make it as offensive mm-hmm. as I want it and as graphic as I want it. I have to tell you, of all the scenes in that movie that are disturbing, and there are many of them, I think the most disturbing one is the blowjob with JFK. Like, <laughs> that yeah. scene would make you never want to give a blowjob or get a blowjob, ever. <laughs> like, it's so terrible. And it just is so ugly to him, you know? Like, he uses her like a rag doll, and then the, the shot of her, it's just awful. Like that, if I could unsee any part of that movie, it would be that scene, I think. Either that or in, in the womb for the Yeah, time. that's... Or, uh, or maybe the sequence where she says daddy like 46 times oh, in two minutes. Oh, dear. Yeah. There's, there's just so many to pick. <laughs> there's so many. It's like every scene. And I feel bad yeah, for her, you know, but yikes at the blowjob. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> not oh. JFK. <laughs> no. Oh. But a lot of people, you know, it's funny because on TikTok, like, you you know, they don't know how to take the movie. They don't know which side to take because they want to be defensive of her and call all these men predators. But they're also disturbed by how the film depicts her, like, abortions and stuff like that. So they're caught in this weird sort of conflict about it. But almost unanimous hatred for the film, I'd say. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, just what you're just... To rephrase what you said, and it, it, she was victimized all her life, and then it's like, like she's victimized after in, in death by this yes, movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. <clears throat> all right, so 6 o'clock. Um, you guys want to do a quick best picture? Mark, I know you don't sure. like to do it because yeah, you ahead. haven't. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right, here are my 10 that I have. I have Fableman's. Banshees, not top two. Top three is with women talking. Top four is with everything everywhere all at once. Those are my top four. Then we get into the weirder, you know, I usually like to predict like what I think would be the five if they only had five. And those mm-hmm. are the four. And then I would have to pick one more. And I guess it would have to be Tar. Um, and then, so that's five. And then after that, I go with Till. She said... And then I have Elvis. Um, And it's not open yet, but I would put Babylon and Avatar in there. Um, Oh, I should add something here is that I do think that Will Smith has a really good chance of getting nominated. I didn't mention him before, but I think that part, even with the slap, um, I think he's going to have a really good shot of getting nominated just because of the part that it is. I mean, maybe they'll just turn their backs on him. But I think if it's a good enough performance, they won't be able to do that. And especially if it's a weak bench for best actor. So I wrote down 10 films before we started. And nine of the 10 you just mentioned were on their list. And oh, wow. And I have the same I have the same top four in the exact order. Like Fable Men, Banshees, Women Talking, everything at once. And then, and then what was your what was your fourth one? I didn't catch the fourth. Every everything everywhere all at once. Okay, right. Got it. And then I kind of go off a little with number five, and I, I'm sticking with Babylon for now because I love Damien Chazelle, and I believe he'll do a good job there. And then my six is Tar, and then seven for now, just because 
I don't know what the hell else to do here. And again, I'm picking blind with a lot of these. I, I went with Avatar. And so it's five, six, seven, eight was Elvis. Nine, just for the fun of it, all quiet on the Western front. Oh, nice. There's been a, there's been a foreign film nominated a few years in a row now. So I'm going to guess with that one. And then number 10, I had She Said. And what about Glass Onion? I haven't seen that, but what do you guys, has anybody seen it? Yes, I have. Twice, actually. Screw <laughs> uh, I just wonder if that um, has a chance of getting in. I mean, personally, if Knives Out couldn't get in, this isn't going to get in. That's, it's it's that's the same film. Yeah. So, Mark's... Um, unless, unless, I was just going to say, your, your pick for All Quiet, that gives Netflix a Best Picture contender, because otherwise it doesn't have one. That's their strongest contender, in my opinion. And I think I've seen everything that they have to offer. Uh, it's all all quiet on the Western Front. They would be it would be mistaken to not put their weight behind that. All right, I'm gonna put that say on. this too. I'll, I'll say this: All Quiet could get quite a few nominations. It's pretty mm-hmm. well shot. The sound is incredible. Uh, the direction I could see getting in, and I wouldn't be surprised too if if we if Best Actor is kind of a weak field. Felix Kammerer or Kammerer, how do you say his name? He plays Paul Bomber. Uh, I could see him getting in as well. He's pretty outstanding in it. I'm, I was a huge fan of the movie. My see my review, which posts you know, probably tomorrow. Um, I could see that film getting quite a few noms if enough people you know, see it, and uh, you know, especially with what's going on with Ukraine and everything. You know, it's an anti-war film. I feel mm-hmm. like it's um, and in in that case, I feel like in Netflix, I trust. Because without Netflix, yeah. I would say it's it's not getting in. But I think that they're going to want a Best Picture contender, so they're going to push something. Um, and I don't have Bardo on my list. I suppose I should put it on there. You know, um, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Eric Anderson has Bardo in his top, even for Best Director. He has Bardo and he has Alejandro for, for, for Best Director in there. So I put that in there, too. Um but what about Close? I mean, Close seems more like the movie that would get into me than... Possibly, yeah. You know, don't you Although think... A lot, of people love, a lot of people love that one. Yeah. I feel like it's the Drive My Car movie of this year. Something is. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the last, what, three years we've had? Uh, a a lot of people... At least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have um, Triangle of Sadness in their top ten. Right. Triangle mm-hmm. of Sadness is another one that a lot of people like. Yeah. Right. I'll put that down here too. Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good. It, I think that, uh, but I also will add that um, I think that a lot of that is uh, because the films have been weak. The English language films have been weaker in the last few years. Um, not the Parasite year, obviously, but... Um, so I don't know um, how that's going to go. I don't know how competitive it'll be this year, but uh, I really want to see Close. And people keep talking about how great it is. I wish I could see it, but I'll have to just wait on that. I'll put it down. Um, all right, Clarence, you want to do your best pictures? Or Ryan, one of you guys? Um, mine's fairly close. I think I... I can't, I, I, I oscillate with these last few, but I, 
I have Fableman's in number one, Everything Everywhere All at Once at number two. I've got Banshees at number three. Um, I have Elvis at number four. I've got Babylon at number five. I have Women Talking at number six. I have Empire of Light at number seven. I'm being optimistic. Um, I have She Said at number eight. I have Avatar at nine. And I go back and forth, but I'm right now sticking with Top Gun for ten because it's a it's it's the biggest story of the year. The um, movie that, that yeah, I mean, sorry. Yeah. No good. It's just the movie that wouldn't stop making money. Mm-hmm. Still making money. And, and it's going to be a PGA and, nominee. Yeah, and critically and PGA nominee and critically acclaimed. It's got really great reviews and it's uh, and people love it and uh and I agree that it's uh it would be a, a nice gesture for them to make and a throwback to when they used to um even when they only had five nominees, they would throw in a, a, a crowd pleaser movie. I, I, ha, I have. Uh, so those are your ten. You, you those are all ten. Yes. Okay. I, I, I would probably. I'm, I'm in line with you guys. I would probably. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't have as high hopes, or, or I don't have. I don't expect women talking will get as close to the top as a lot of people are expecting. Uh, realistically, I think when they, they, no matter what people may say, I think when the ballots are in front of them, I think they're going to be four or five movies or or four movies ahead of women talking on a lot of people's ballots. So, I'll, but I'll go ahead and put Banshees at number one, Fablemans, um, let's see, Everything Everywhere, and uh, let me see, uh, Phones and All. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, may I go ahead and Babylon, Babylon for number four. Then I'll put Women Talking, and then uh, on the basis of your two reviews today, you guys, Armageddon Time, and um, and All Quiet on the Western Front, and Tar. And ha- have I used up my ten yet? Sorry, I lost uh, count. I, I think you have counting. two more. I think you two more, really. Okay, then. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. Then. Um, uh, Elvis and Top Gun. Yeah. Wow, so if Elvis, Avatar, and Top Gun all get in, that's pretty good for us. That would be awesome if that worked films. out. Yeah. I would be very I, happy with that. And I don't think Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is completely out of it either. I mean, that hasn't screened yet. We don't know how the film is. But there's a there's a narrative there where um, Ryan Coogler is, is loved and, you know, mm-hmm. people still miss Chadwick Boseman. And also, I heard read that it has it's slated for a hundred and seventy two million dollar opening. So basically, yeah. mm-hmm. if if Avatar and Wakanda Forever come in and like do serious business, then the urgency I think for Top Gun is going to go away a little bit. Like, I mean, if they do really yeah. serious business, you know, if uh, Wakanda Forever gets up to like five hundred, six hundred million or something like that, which it might. Um. Ditto with Avatar still, I think, still the number, is it Force Awakens or is it Avatar that's the top highest grossing film of all time? I think it might be the Force Awakens is just above it. But um, but those two movies could kind of blow away the idea that, like, we need a blockbuster, you know, with Top Gun. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I think it's, I think it's, it's uh, so far it looks like a promising Oscar year to me, you know, all the way around. I have a lot of hope that, you know, that things will go well for them. And I hope they get Chris Rock. I heard a rumor that he has been hired to be the host and I hope that's true. That would be exciting to see. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I guess I'll find out tomorrow <laughs> if that happens. 
But um, so I guess that's it then, unless you guys can think of something else. I, I'm, I'm doing that in my um, my accent for uh, Banshees. I would just say to anybody listening to this before you go see the the, the Banshees movie, um, I would just. I would just kind of drop your expectations a little bit in terms of what you're expecting to watch. Um, you know, it's not some big epic or, you know, movie with like, you know, it's not Parasite. It's not a movie that ha- it's not Belfast. It doesn't have like a heartwarming ending as such. Um, but it is, as Clarence and I were talking yesterday, it's a movie that, I mean, to me, I just found completely 100% my thing like it's just absolutely right up my alley in terms of how it's written what it's about but and I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to ruin people's experience of it but but I keep I know that when people just say oh it's so good people walk in and they're expecting something because they have a movie in their head you know they're thinking that they know what this movie is going to be and then they're disappointed because it's not that movie when there's so much hype around it it's so much better to just be able to come in there cold and watch a movie knowing nothing about it, you know, and just be surprised by how it goes. But I will say this about it. My thought after coming out of it was I didn't think they was people were capable of writing scripts that good anymore. Like I, it to me really the writing is what stands out the most. And I think that's why I liked it as much as I do. But so, you know, it is it is not a complicated story particularly, but it does require that you sort of make that leap from plot to allegory and deeper meaning. You know, like it mm-hmm. it it's it's like No Country for Old Men in that way. Like some people watch No Country for Old Men, they get nothing out of it. They go, "Well, I don't understand that movie." Like what did it mean? So what? He goes and does this and that guy dies and that's the end and but No Country is one of those movies that the more you think about it, the deeper it goes and the farther it takes you. And that's what I felt with, with this movie. It's one of those kind of things. So it might not be readily available to you the first time you see it. You might not think, wow, that's, you know, that's it. But if you start to think about it, you know, it'll, take, it'll take you down different roads. And that, to me, those are the best kind of movies. Sounds fantastic. It sounds like right up my alley. I, I didn't name it. Uh, first, but I and realistically, I mean, I expect Fablemans will come out of top, ahead of it on on almost all of the ballots. But but I, I was really just um, naming it first to be contrarian, to be different. Really, so. <laughs> sometimes and those, it, and, <laughs> sometimes those pay off, Ryan. Me. Those those wild card picks. <laughs> I will say um, it's it's been screening for guilds, and uh, we had. Jalal attend a uh, SAG nominating screening that was held this weekend with um, Martin McDonough and Colin Farrell and um, someone else in in um, in attendance. And Jalal told me that the audience watching this film applauded lines of dialogue yeah, throughout see, the entire yeah, film. Right, <laughs> laughed at every joke. Everything landed. It was wow. He, you know, he said, this is, if this is the nominating committee, this is absolutely getting nominated. Maybe even all four actors, Carrie Condon, Colin Farrell, Brennan Gleeson, and uh, Barry Keegan. I'm predicting all four of them. Yeah. No, for, oh no, it's SAG. But here's the problem with that. Just, just a little, no, this isn't the same movie at all. Martin McDonough is not Aaron Sorkin, but I saw being the Ricardos (laughs) at a nomcom screening and they ate it up 
they applauded every line. <laughs> they loved it. I thought, oh my god, this uh-huh. movie's totally getting in. <laughs> did. But yeah, I mean, well, obviously, well, you know, they, because they because actors would love to get a script like that. Yes, exactly. Like says, it's rare to see writing like that, and rare to have a screenplay like that offered to you. And they know every actor knows what they would do with it if they were just given the chance. Absolutely but right. But they hard, but no one hardly ever is given a chance with, with a screenplay like that. And so they just eat it up because they just appreciate so much what they would be able to do with those words. So true. That and Fablemans are two movies that I think the actors are just going to feel like, you know, these are these are actor-driven stories, and they're going to love it. But but mm-hmm. the fun thing about In a Sharon, Banshees of In a Sharon, is that actors love to do accents and period films like that. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, listen, it's a pitch-perfect film. What can I say? It's an A+. <laughs> like, it gets nothing wrong. Uh, it's every so often you see a movie like that. I would say Parasite is one of those, you know, and it's it's along those lines mm. of, of like. Also, you know. I, I've also always had a theory that that movies that come close to winning Best Picture, but don't, people that voted for that movie, and and it, and it ends up not winning, they hold that in their heart. And so a lot of people that yeah. really wanted Three Billboards to win have held its loss in their heart, and they're ready to have almost like wreak revenge, you know, like uh, get revenge on having the, okay, now, now's our chance. Now we're going to show you and we're going to, no, that's and, so, so true. there's a, there's a, there's a, a built in favoritism for a movie that, uh, for a director that you're fond of, that you feel has been mistreated in the past. Or just a, a second at bat, like with Ron Howard yeah, or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. That's a much nicer way to put it. Yeah, I'm making it sound vengeful. But yeah, that's just a, just a, just a, let them prove, let them reiterate and prove again to people what they're capable of and, and to reinforce and to make people believe in their heart. Like, I told you so. God, but the and, same and, way and, people and, loved... <laughs> That movie, Three Billboards. Remember, it won like the BAFTA British Film and Best Picture. Right. And it just kept winning all. I guess it was like, God, they really love this movie. I think it could turn yeah. out like that too. You know, I, I do think that it's going to, it's going to have a little, it's going to give uh, Fablemans a little bit of trouble in that Fablemans is so good, but it's, it is more cerebral of a film than Banshees isn't as mm-hmm. cerebral. So that is always a danger. Alrighty, you guys all have a good night. And uh, Thank you, you too. too. We'll catch tomorrow. you soon. Thank you. We'll talk bye bye. soon. Okay, bye bye. Yeah, talk tomorrow. Okay. All right, bye.